Hello, Docalos, and thank you so much for pressing play on the Documenteers podcast, the greatest podcast about documentaries in this universe, and probably also in all varieties of alternate universes as well. My name is Bob Sham, and each week myself and another self-appointed bullshit judge discuss and rate a different documentary, and maybe sometimes it's accidentally poignant and maybe even humorous. This week we bring back a format we broke ground on when those Two fire festival documentaries dropped on us in one week. One of our most popular episodes where Stuart and I pitted those films of similar subject matter against each other. This week, Akil joins me as we compared two films about fandom surrounding the beloved and enigmatic comedic actor Bill Murray. It's Tommy Avalone's The Bill Murray Stories Life Lessons Learned from a Mythical Man. You can watch that on Netflix against Sadie Katz's. The Bill Murray Experience, which you can watch on Prime Video. I'm going to say up front that if you're listening to this and you worked on these films and were close to them, maybe say you might be listening and you happen to be the director of either of these films. It's happened before. People involved in past films we've discussed have acknowledged us. And let me just say, don't listen to this episode. Go to the park with your dog. Have a nice spring day. Ignore this episode of The Documenteers. I guess I'm spoiling the angle of this episode, but you know what? You don't know which one is the best Bill Murray movie. Of course, I don't mean any of those entertaining Bill Murray films that he actually starred in. I mean films about people being into Bill Murray. You get it. Next week on the show, Eldridge makes his return for yet another in-theaters edition. Meaning we saw this in the theaters. The film, this film has made its way around since its debut in 2018. It's about Jamaica. Its families, its spirit, its fruits, its babies, its death, its mothers. Another one of those moving picture type films where the culture does the narrating. We watched Kalikala's Black Mother. Might be playing in one of those schmancy indie theaters if you happen to live in a schmancy town with one of those schmancy things. Look it up. See what the artsy-fartsy scene is in your town. It was nice getting back to the Bell Court here in Nashville. Been busy lately and going there gets me charged up to watch all kinds of interesting films. Here Eldridge and I's discussion on Black Mother next week right here on The Documenteers. Music credits were up in the air for a second. I considered playing maybe Bill Murray's favorite music. I narrowed it down to Van Morrison, John Prine, and Elvis. Those guys are fine and all, but I decided I've been listening to a lot of classic 80s and 90s R&B lately, and I'd rather transition the show segments with that stuff. I feel like they all kind of work with the subject matter of Bill Murray obsession and expectation. In chronological order, clip of the classic My Boo, the Southern Club hit by the Ghost Town DJs. I think there was an internet dance thing going on with it fairly recently. What the kids call a viral. I love that song. It's been effective at calming my brain lately. After that, we hear the song Don't Walk Away by the Chicago-based R&B girl group Jade, a 90s classic. And at the end, we play off with a song by an Amsterdam soul singer named Reichenel, R-I-C-H-E-N-E-L, and his 1982 song Autumn. Rationale seems to have most of his popularity outside of the United States. I've been jamming to this song lately, so I'll let that play on a little bit. But it is six and a half minutes long total, so I won't play the whole thing. If you like the song as much as I do, you can find Rationale, if I'm saying that right, and all these artists on iTunes. I recommend them. Other than that, we play an intro from the song Becky by Plies, or is it pronounced Please? We talk about Gilmore Girls for about a minute, so get the fuck pumped up for that hot shit. On with it, damn it. Let's beat some documentaries against each other. The Bill Murray stories versus the Bill Murray experience. World of celebrity infatuation is decided here once and for all. 
Some won't make it out alive. Dogmateerspodcast.com giving us five stars and a review on Apple Podcasts is the best way to prove to the world that you're not a racist. You don't want to be a racist, do you? Five stars and a review on Apple Podcasts. Let all the colors of the rainbow shine. Shine together and keep on docking. Here is a motion picture film. A thousand feet. 16,000 separate photographs. Let's tidy up this tangle of film by putting it on a reel. Hello, I'm Bill Murray. Uh, you can call me Billy, but uh, around here everybody just calls me the new guy. Bill Murray. Bill Murray. Aren't you Bill Murray, man? And Bill Murray's. And Bill Murray. Bill Murray. Bill Murray's. Bill Murray. Bill Murray. Reporting on Bill Murray is like jazz. And Bill Murray. Bill Murray. Bill Murray. But it doesn't matter. Bill Murray. Bill Murray's actually Bill Murray slapping his belly really loud and just rubbing it like there's no tomorrow. Kill, welcome back. <laughs> it's been about a month since we we haven't heard from you in a minute. It's been a minute, yeah. And uh, I, uh, people like hearing your episodes. So we need to get you on more. That's really sweet. I love that you all love hearing our episodes. Yeah, it warms my heart. Yeah, everyone couples. Everyone brings a special dynamic. It's interesting to see how people connect to different episodes and what they. I'm what curious they get as to from how them. my dynamic will be described by someone else. I don't know. I don't know either. Hmm. <laughs> I don't have. Do I have a dynamic? We seem to laugh know. a lot. There's a yeah, lot of laughter. I like laughing. I mean, I probably laugh too much, actually. Yeah. If you ask my wife, I laugh at TV a lot. Yeah. Which can be super annoying to people. Yeah. Who, particularly if they're just in the room, not even watching what you're watching. Watching Law and Order, cracking up. Special. I crack, yeah. I mean, I, I laugh like every five minutes. Yeah. While watching something on TV. It's, it's fun to laugh. It is. I want feel good. the 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 wrinkles I want the most are the laugh. Oh yeah, wrinkles. absolutely. I, I want them like so like hardcore, like touching, going all the way back. You to want my to ears. just like wrap around behind yeah. your head like a like a band for your glasses. I basically glasses want like not so much wrinkles, but chasms showing laugh lines into my With ears. Just pools of laughter, laughter tears. Yeah, falling down. Like my laugh tears have eroded my face. That's beautiful. Tears don't erode. I guess if you cry enough, could they erode? I, I mean, maybe stone. Do they erode your face? I don't think it works. I get well. Stone is like millions of years. Yeah. So who's gonna cry that long? But skin softer than stone. This yeah, is a so science. Why, this is a what science are we talking episode. About? <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> Last, I think it was January. The fire. Festival documentaries dropped on the world's faces. Yeah, the fire docs, and we did a versus episode where we pitted them against each other. It's actually one of our most popular documentaries. Actually, I've not. I've watched both of those documentaries, but I have not listened to that episode. I need to do that. Boy, we are so funny in it. <laughs> Me and Stuart. <laughs> but it is. It's one of the most popular episodes, and one we did recently. Wh- which one is it? Is also very popular. It's not the oh no, leaving Neverland. That's oh, the last one we did. That oh, you mean one, the one last? Yeah, that that one also is becoming very popular and may actually surpass the Fire Festival docs. So. That one still, and you get why the still sticks with me. These are very it's, relevant. I think yeah. maybe after some time, maybe like a year, maybe 
that same time next year we'll we'll do like just a conversation piece one year after the leaving Neverland, where like, we, a, like where we are, yeah, where later. where we're at, where because that's what everyone cares about is where we are a year after. Absolutely, that. <laughs> the documentary came out. And we'll, God, I really wonder how you know this seemed to really affect body yeah, and like, yo, let's. We'll, t- see, we'll talk for an hour and a half. <laughs> we'll talk for an hour and a half, and then the last three minutes we'll see what, how James Safechuck and Wade Robson <laughs> right. are doing. Maybe we can get Oprah to yeah. interview us. That'd be great. Next time. She'll have to fall in hard times, but uh, we can maybe make that happen. We can do that. Stop watching OWN. That'll, eh. that'll bring Oprah down. I felt like I got back up on Oprah after that post-interview because we didn't review that but i watched it later yeah i did too and i felt like i was like kind of shading on oprah i was like why does everyone want to do what oprah says all the fucking time and after that i was like you know what oprah i mean you're all right oprah is i mean she she interviews well i mean she has a gift there are certain people who just have terry gross is another person that springs to mind who just is able to go into the interview with someone I'm sure prepping for it and having questions you want to ask, but also being able to let it organically go where it's going to go and just sort of go with the flow. And she's good at that. Someone who's not a good interviewer, Barbara Walters. (laughs) I never watch those, those horrible Barbara Walters specials that used to come out every year. Yeah. Usually right before the Academy Awards. If I'm talking about Barbara Walters, I might as well be talking about string theory. Michael Jackson still has a lot of true believers out there. I'm really hoping still that there are going to be some more people who go public. I didn't get it too hard because we're still a growing podcast, but I did get some. Michael Jackson is innocent. Innocent. (laughs) I got several of those. Nice. No direct attacks or anything. Just passive anger. I did imply on an episode of Abducted in Plain Sight that the guy who's playing the the pedophile and the recreations looks a lot like Jeremy Piven. So I posited that was probably Jeremy Piven. The actor. <laughs> and someone, any, any Jeremy rabbit, Jeremy Piven fans. And, and someone, after you. and someone, no, someone was like, bollocks. This is bollocks. <laughs> PCU is a masterpiece. <laughs> Wasn't he like Mr. Selfridge? Oh, that, that, uh, like PBS. Yeah. 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 I think that's where she was coming from. Don't fuck with my Selfridge. Oh, that's the the bollocks. Yeah. I assume she's from across the pond or friends across the pond. Yeah. One of my favorite quotes is from, uh, Great Balls of Fire, the movie about Jerry Lewis. Oh God, I haven't seen that in so long. It's an okay movie, but he's in, uh, London and he's in the, the London press is outraged that this guy would marry and fuck his 14 year old cousin. And there's a part where Dennis Quaid playing Jerry Lee Lewis turns around and goes, Anglin, Anglin, Anglin can kiss my ass. <laughs> and I don't know, that line has just been in my head for the rest of my life ever since. <laughs> but this is a versus episode. We are pitting two similarly themed episodes head to head, just like we did with the fire. Festival. This is exciting. This is my first versus episode. I feel like we need a, a, a ring bell. These are two movies about one of our most beloved celebrities. Maybe I should apologize right now because I looked at the trailer for both of these. We're judging them. Prejudging harshly. We're prejudging harsh. Yeah. And like, we're voluntarily doing this to ourselves yeah, too. We're, we're coming in hot folks. <laughs> and neither of these look very good. One no. looks a little better than the other, but like, but maybe this is good because my expectations are so, so low. We make 
be surprised and actually end up liking yeah. one of them at least maybe more than the other and both of these movies are about bill murray now when i was a kid i wanted to be a ghostbuster when i grew up so you better believe that peter vankman was my dude ernie hudson for life yeah ernie hudson you know he they never truly gave him a real moment i know you know it still ticks me off to this day it's all about dan Aykroyd. i mean granted he's the only one that wasn't an actual scientist I feel like they gave Slimer more of a personality. I mean, Slimer got his own cartoon. (laughs) What, Winston couldn't get his own fucking cartoon? Well, he was on the cartoon, but they took away his mustache. Oh, yeah. I don't know what that was all about. I don't know if that was a likeness thing. They didn't have the rights to, because none of them look like their actual characters. No. Egon had blonde hair. Peter had like a weird pompadour going on. Yeah, Winston doesn't get the respect, I feel, that he deserves. And these movies, I mean, they might be biographical. I don't know. But it seems like these movies are about people interacting with Bill Murray and what Bill Murray does to people when he's around them. I feel like one is more about that. Yeah. And the other seems to be more about someone seeking that. Yes. The first one we're going to watch is called The Bill Murray Stories, Life Lessons Learned from a Mythical Man. That's a horrible title. Yeah. That came out last year, March 10th. I think it dropped on our faces. It's on Netflix. You can watch it there. And it's directed by Tommy Avalone. Maybe Avalone. I don't know. I mispronounce things all the time. Is there an E at the end? Yes. Probably Avalone. The one we're going to watch second is called The Bill Murray Experience. It looks suspiciously like one of those crowdfundme kind of things. Those are always great. There's been some debate amongst other documenteers on how we should pursue the criticisms of those. But I always stand by it. You put it out there, it's going it's going to get raked or it's going to get loved. That's just how That's it fair. is. Yeah. The second out. one is called The Bill Murray Experience. And it's directed by Sadie Katz. And it's all about Sadie Katz pursuing Bill Murray trying to find a story but this came out before the bill murray story that's surprising came out uh, about four or five months before huh or that may just be when it dropped on prime because you could actually watch this free on amazon prime there's actually tons of shit you can watch on amazon prime i think you can just submit your uh, low budget documentary and it'll just be there there's just it's, something. it's the same way with uh the kindle yeah you can just write a, a book it sell will, it on kindle like. and it will be on the kindle scale yeah but this one is free and admittedly it just looks like some self-absorbed story about a self-absorbed woman <laughs> we're prejudging yeah i mean at this point that one in particular it's it it's got to prove to me that it's got more going on that trailer is a bad it, sign yeah, that trailer is any indication of what the whole thing's gonna be about yeah there's gonna be some serious coal raking on yeah that one. but the first one i'm already thinking of zingas the first one only looks slightly more interesting. Yeah. What is it about Bill Murray? People fucking love Bill Murray. And, I, and I'm not against him. I actually think he's great. He's done things that I enjoy. Yeah. I've, I mean, I'm not a huge Bill Murray fan. I mean, I grew up with Bill Murray like anyone yeah. my age did. So You're a big 80s, 90s yeah, fan. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, like you said, Ghostbusters. Yeah. Stripes. Um, yeah. Stripes. Meatballs. meatballs. Groundhog Day. What about Bob? Screw. Yeah, what about Bob is great. What about Bob is probably one of my favorite Bill Murray movies. That doesn't get mentioned enough, I feel like. Scrooge. Yeah. Classic Christmas film. Groundhog Day, conceptually, is one of the most ripped off pop culture films out there. Yeah, and and I just watched, uh, what's it, Russian Doll. Yeah. Which is the Natasha Leone Netflix series, which is basically another spin on Groundhog's Day. Yeah. They had like another movie on netflix a netflix original with marlon wayans 
Oh, where he keeps waking up naked in an elevator. elevator. Yeah, which is another one. Groundhog Day was made into a musical on Broadway a couple of years ago. And there's that Tom Cruise sci-fi one. What's it called? Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah. One of the titles. It's a great movie. Yeah, I like that movie. More so because of Emily Blunt than Tom Cruise. But, you know. Bill Murray also appears in a lot of uh, Wes Anderson movies. That's his his second act. I think Um, Wes Anderson, when he's ready to do a uh, make a new movie, the first thing he does is make a playlist. (laughs) <laughs> and as someone who obsesses over playlists i guess i get it but after you watch so many movies that appear to be centered around a playlist you're just like i get it man the rushmore a fine bill murray performance so you were in vietnam if i'm not mistaken yeah were you in the shit yeah i was in the shit is uh still one of my favorites of his i was talking about kingpin the other day Oh, forgot about that one. Yeah, and Kingpin is good. I I watched it fairly recently and didn't like it as much as I liked it when I was younger. But Bill Murray in it is still like gangbusters. Yeah. Like he's not in that movie that much, but he still somehow holds it up. <laughs> Boston translation. Yeah, and that's a good one. The beginning of the sad Bill Murray. Sad Murray. Yeah, that's the uh, yeah when Bill Murray art film Bill Murray begins yeah. there. Yeah, then he starts showing up in. Um, Jim Jarmusch movies yeah. and stuff. Aren't you Bill Murray, man? That's but you Bill Murray? Yeah, I'm Bill Murray, but uh let's keep that just between us, all right? And that weird Netflix Christmas special that I never quite got around to watching. I didn't hear much much good stuff about yeah, it. Yeah, so Angela was, and I watched it. Yeah. It was boring as shit. <laughs> that's what I've heard. <laughs> it's like and this is what I think that's around the part where it's like, because we liked Bill Murray enough to give that a shot. But I think it was watching that where it's like this shrine to Bill Murray, he seems to be a man that's wandering through life. Uh, one of my favorite Bill Murray stories is that he agreed to do Garfield because he saw that, I think the director was Joel Cohen, but it wasn't a Cohen yeah, brother. <laughs> and he signed on to do it. He just thought it was one of the Cohen brothers, but it was just a guy with that name. That's hilarious. And so he was stuck uh, being the voice of, or was he John? No, I can't was, remember. He was Garfield, yeah. yeah he was, the craziest thing about that which is just coincidental, is the voice actor who did Peter Vakeman's voice in the Ghostbusters cartoon Gar- yeah. was the voice of Garfield. I watched the two Garfield movies, but hearing Bill Murray's voice, it kind of seems like it would work pretty well, actually. Because that's pretty much what Garfield yeah. sounded like. But it seems like there's a shrine to Bill Murray right now. Yeah, I think it's just because he's so weird. I think he is fascinating, but it's like, let's is it really any different than any other celebrity worship it's kind of like let's breathe for a minute you know i was telling uh shalene my wife earlier today that i feel like the the only reason the only reason this documentary exists is because it's bill murray yes if it was just some random person showing up at your wedding uninvited unannounced you would not be happy about that yeah you'd be you'd be very unpleased <laughs> it's fun to picture that scenario because <laughs> there's so many people that are not directly confrontational Hey, and like you ask 50 people a question, like, who's that, who's that, who's that? And then finally you just get like your third cousin to walk over there. Yeah, find the hey, one. Hey, uh, who are you here with? Uh, and I wonder if he, I mean, surely on a certain level, which I guess we'll learn more hopefully by watching these documentaries, but it's like he's just using his status as who he is to just kind of do whatever he wants, to just show up at places yeah. No one's going to turn him away. Like, like he'll jump Bill into Murray. a, a yeah. softball game, show yeah. up at a house party. Yeah. Which which would get your ass kicked 
in most if, <laughs> in most instances. You know like, what stories that we probably don't hear that much of? Bill Murray just showing up someplace, no one knows who the fuck he is, and they're like, yo, get the fuck out of here. And, and he's shocked, like, okay. I bet you Bill Murray doesn't randomly show up at a lot of black events. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're going to notice that. Yeah, for sure. He's just another weird white white guy. <laughs> someplace where he should not be. <laughs> I kind of understand using your fame that way. I think it's actually a pretty... It's a more interesting way to use your fame yeah. than what most people would do. It I seems think. relatively harmless, yeah. I mean, for the most part. I mean, if you're not wanted somewhere, you'll just leave, right? It allows you to just basically experience other people's lives, and everyone's going to be like, okay, it's, it's Bill Murray, so I guess it's fine that he's here. It's Or... Oh my God, it's so awesome. Bill Murray's here. Like now you're like in a hooper or something. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like just, it could be, he could easily use a celebrity to do the normal bullshitty things that people use their celebrity for. Yeah. I mean, he, you often see him at sporting events. I've seen a few videos where he shows up and he's a big Cubs fan, not just Cubs games, but like college football games and um, stuff like that. He he just randomly gets around. I think, I, I don't think Bill Murray's a planner. Like no. he plans maybe around his favorite sporting events, but he seems like a guy that's just like, I think I'll just fly to Louisville today. I wonder if he has some level of, I don't know, autism or Asperger's. I feel like he's somewhere on the spectrum. We are equipped to diagnose him. So let's just do that. <laughs> we'll say he's got Asperger's plus Asperger's prime. He's got an Asperger's prime. Do you get account. free delivery with that. <laughs> yeah. But you have to sit through both of these movies that uh. we're about to watch. I wonder if he's seen these movies. Other than clips, I don't expect him to show up. In oh, I don't either. I can't imagine he would will like willfully participate in but, either of these. But his brother Joel does show up in at least one. Yeah, that was, I thought that was strange. I mean, so, I don't know anything about his brother at all, so I don't know if he's a good brother. Or... This is well, this is Joel's breakout role. <laughs> now we're just being mean to a guy. Yeah, we know. I'm sure. Joel, Joel I'm sorry. You're probably like a wonderful man. <laughs> oh, you're a douche. Or you're a douche. I mean, whatever. We'll all just go on with our lives. We'll get some sense, I guess, after we watch this. Well, let's get started. We're going to watch the first one. The Bill Murray story is the life lessons learned from a mythical man by uh, director. That title is <laughs> so pretentious. Yeah, it's like, you can just. <laughs> Here, I'll just. Let me read it again while. Ma- the listeners can't see it. I'm going to read it again while making the hand job motion. <laughs> the Bill Murray stories. Life lessons learned from a mythical man by Tommy Avalone. Let's get into Splooge. this. Splooge, splooge, come. Boy, you should know that I've got you on my mind. Your secret admirer. I've been watching. It doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. Just doesn't matter. It, but it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Don't matter. It just doesn't matter. Not expecting much from these movies. No. And we pondered that maybe rock bottom is a good way to approach these. I think we should go into everything yeah. with the rock bottom mentality. I will say off the top, I do want to compliment this movie off the top. I got a lot more heartwarmingness from it than I expected. Yeah. Like it did effectively explain 
like it was convincing how these people were so charmed and it kind of made me charm because you could tell that they were sincerely into it right and to imagine myself at a house party or at a rock club and bill murray's there that i would be pretty much charmed as well but you're also just charmed because it is just bill murray his celebrity is a factor like it, I mean, how can it not be? It, it cannot be a factor. Oh, she was at a kickball game. This is a story later in the movie. One of the one of the less interesting stories, if I'm being <laughs> honest. And this girl was like, "It's my turn. Like, I don't want this like random like homeless looking man to play." Oh my god, who is this uh, homeless looking man? <laughs> and I thought it was just some homeless looking man homeless looking man it was, Bill Murray. It was okay <laughs> <laughs> yay and then he uh, and then he just kicked the ball and he was gone now had he act had he been an actual homeless man yeah the story would have she, ended much she would have been like oh my god get out of here <laughs> it's a homeless man get away you sound like that act the character from uh big mouth i feel like that character is in a lot of like animated yeah you know like the oh my god character, you know, do that really well, and that definitely was probably the least interesting of the Bill Murray. I'm just glad it was Bill characters. Murray and not a homeless man, because if that was a homeless man, I would have like, oh my god, what if it was Rick Moranis? That would be so much worse. I would have barfed out of my crotch. <laughs> Gross. The only person in Ghostbusters uh, that uh, what's her name did not sleep with. Uh, Rick Moranis. It's like Rick Moranis. If you do not come to my kickball game, Rick Moranis, okay? Oh, do you remember who? You remember what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. yeah. From Gilda Radner movie. Like it implies that she. It made it a point to say that she did not hook up with um, Rick Moranis. Rick Moranis, who was probably I think married at the time, probably. But making that statement also implies that she fucked everyone else, right? Like Errol Ramis, Jack. Bill Murray. But yeah. we gave that movie a very average rating. We did. <laughs> we did. <laughs> we go through a lot of stories here. A lot of stories. Because it is called the Bill Murray stories. That's not all, Bobby. There's more to the title than that. <sighs> life, lefts, life lessons learned from a mythical man. So before we get too deep into this, I, I do have to say that I found myself at times very much trying to stifle laughter just because of... I feel like the documentary was trying really hard to make these experiences into like this really heavy spiritual yeah, yeah. thing. It was definitely was, pushing it in that way. Yeah, which is heavy handed for what we were talking about. I think when it was mainly focused specifically on stories and nothing else, yeah. not the director being in it, or it started with these very unnecessary reenactments of people <laughs> telling Bill Murray stories that I was not into at all <laughs> and was happy that it wasn't like that for the rest of the movie. I was really afraid. I was like, oh God, is this, this is setting the groundwork. Is this what we're going to be sitting through this entire time? But when it was focusing on these everyday people throughout the country having their Bill Murray stories, and these are stories that are fairly mundane, like he just comes and watches a game with you yeah. or he washes your dishes or he plays like a, an inning of a kickball game. It's like, or he just shows up at your wedding and he's like, "Hey, or your what's birthday going party?" On? Or, yeah, yeah, just, yeah. Or just has a like a sits down like a person. The reason why it 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 is convincing that these might be a genuine spiritual experience is that Bill Murray does something. I think Bill Murray is perfectly aware of his celebrity and understands that that is a big part of it. I think he's well intelligent enough to understand that that helps his. Oh, I don't think that he would be doing any of this right. if he didn't have a celebrity. Yeah, because 
people would react a lot differently yeah. if you weren't be a, a lot celebrity. Of cops being called on a yeah. regular basis. He won't leave. He, <laughs> he's Bill Murray can kiss my daughter, but he's washing my dishes. <laughs> I mean, it's cool that someone wants to do that, but I don't want him touching my dishes. <laughs> I'm sure he doesn't take anything. Right? <laughs> As opposed to, oh my God, Bill Murray stole my dad's pipe. That's so awesome. But the but Bill Murray, he doesn't talk about it. He just does it. Yeah. He does what he wants to do. And a lot of a lot of celebrities who do nice things, they uh, the the big mistake they make is talking about how nice and reverential everything is. You know, like you know, I just wanted to touch his life. I mean, he's just a schlub out there doing his schlubby thing, living his like ignorant, lame life, and I'm just bringing him like some happiness. I just you know? wanted to do something really special for him to make him feel, you know, less unimpressive than he actually is in reality. And if I've done even yeah. small, <laughs> if, I, if I've helped him in any way, even if it's just for a few moments to feel like he mattered, because <laughs> before he obviously didn't, before I came into his life. Bill Murray, he doesn't get hyperbolic. And that's why it works for that's, Bill Murray. That's laudable. I, I appreciate if you that. Can, if you can eliminate that, then... I think you're a lot closer to being, it's just about being, there's a big difference between talking and doing. And in this social media environment, environment, we're rigging ourselves in that environment. We're only taking certain pictures. Well, people will take 10 pictures and pick like two right. to put on. It's very insincere. And I mean, you only want, you're only showing people what you want to yeah. be displayed from your life. It's like, I mean, why would you want the horrible things that you'd have to deal with on a regular basis? Yeah. Who wants to post that? If no, if for no other reason, I mean, you don't want to look at that. You don't want yeah. an actual digital reminder, a timeline of how shitty your life is on, on a fairly regular basis. So you're only going to post, this is me and so-and-so out having dinner. We're looking awesome. We're looking fabulous. I'm not going to talk about the fact that mm. I spent way more money than I had that night. And now yeah, I can't yeah. pay my rent. Like, yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, it'd be nice if you shared that. Yeah. <laughs> or share nothing, you know. Yeah. I'm a big talk, fan of that. Talk less and do more. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, when people talk about themselves, they, it's not always like a negative thing, but they're maybe referencing more of the person they want to be as opposed to where they're, who they are and where they're at. No yeah. one's like bad mouth themselves. I mean, I think everyone, there's plenty of people that understand self-loathing, but they don't let that out. I guess it all depends. I mean, you keep that buried deep down inside. You know, you... But I just think that there is this like assertion of positivity i think at some point everyone was just like you should just be happy just be happy just be happy and now it's like positivity i only allow positivity in my life positivity positivity that's like just the new that's pretty much just like the equivalent of telling people to smile you know yeah in a whole different way you You have such a pretty face we have this positivity culture and i've complained about this recently on this show before but it's like there's nothing wrong with positivity or inspiration but there's like but like you can't rig it by announcing it right and when you announce it you almost ruin the odds you have to actually work for that or just say i don't allow positivity or anything negative into my life or how about that possible or how yeah or how about this maybe we should talk about how to deal with the times where we can't be positive and can't be happy because it's inevitable yeah and other cultures like understand this like around the world like eastern there's a lot of eastern cultures that kind of get this they they deal with life by dealing with all aspects of life. They don't go around saying, like, just be happy. <laughs> all I want for you is just to be happy. Honestly, I think that, that that's just a reaction that people have because they don't want to hear about other people. 
people shit. Just be happy, just though. Be a, just be happy, man. Just embrace the positive. You know what you should be? Happy. <laughs> like, what if you're, what if you are in a scenario where, gosh, you have to take care of, like, someone who has a disease? You yeah. know, how do you be happy? Right. But it's, it's actually kind of insulting. I honestly, when people, I know it's just like a, a something to fall back on. Like they, they're trying to be positive, but you know, maybe the answer isn't always to be positive or throw around positive hyperbole. Yeah. Just do the thing that you want to do or just be present. And I think Bill Murray seems to get that based upon these stories that I see. It seems like he, he is using this celebrity in, a, in an experience that is not only positive for other people, but also it seems like he genuinely gets something out of it himself. Yeah, I think he definitely, he genuinely likes people, obviously, and he wants to be able to connect with people, whereas a lot of celebrities look at their celebrity as something that makes it more difficult for them to connect with people. He's yeah. found a way to use it and twist that so that he actually... Yeah, is able to have an, a real moment with total strangers. He's not sucking his own dick, right? And it's funny because we meet other people that he's a few people that he's worked with, and they and even they tell a story of how it's like hard to get him to just kind of always be at something. Like he told Sofia Coppola like a hundred times, "I don't know, maybe I'll do it. I don't know." And then like finally he does do it, but she like really wasn't sure if <laughs> yeah. it was gonna like just happen. And this is someone who is a a person of privilege. He probably in thought the it was Francis system. Ford Coppola. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't. Oh yeah. Bill Murray doesn't have an agent or a manager. And Which, I forgot about that. Yeah. I, I knew that. And I had forgotten until it was mentioned, but I've always thought that's actually pretty cool. Like he just sort of deals with things, but he apparently does have a 1-800 number. And we I think should, if Tommy Avalone can get that number, we can. Yeah, we should totally. I'm not going to ask him to do shit. I think maybe I want to read things. I just want to call him and just, Say what I have to say. Yeah, and just, and just, just let it. Yeah, 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 don't ask anything. Yeah, it seems like only moderately hard to get this number. I bet we could get it <laughs> if we tried. You could probably based on like it at this point people that we meet who seems to have it. But I'm sure he has to change that number from time to time. I yeah. can imagine he's been using the same one eight hundred number for years. But imagine how many people are like, "Can you come be friends with me?" I bet you in the next one, that next documentary, I bet you got a hold of that number. I think I think Bill Murray should crash things with an army of homeless looking guys like it's bill murray but then a lot of homeless looking guys it's my turn like i don't want this like random like homeless looking man to play at kick <laughs> okay i think we've gone into the positive parts like i feel like tommy avalone did communicate yeah. the special as nature. long as they stuck with the actual stories themselves yeah. everything was fine but they didn't of course not. And Tommy Avalone is in it because that this is his goal. And I saw this coming a mile away. And I think I'm. it's going to be like this for our, the next movie we watch, where he comes to the conclusion like... Because this is when I realized I didn't need to talk to Bill to understand why he does what he does. After meeting all these people, I learned that these Bill Murray stories are not cherished because they met a celebrity. It's because they had a real interaction with a real person. A man who lives freely and takes the time to make each moment count. It's not forced. It's not planned. It's just living in the moment. You can't just force this experience. You gotta just be a part of the experience. You can't, why would I want to make a make this happen when I could just be with it? Just like how Bill Murray crashed Elvis's funeral in 1977. I have a feeling it's essentially going to be the same lesson. <laughs> At the end of the you day, you know, there movie. had to be a small part of him that was like, I've devoted however 
many days or months or years <laughs> yeah. to make you this documentary. Bill, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna find where you live, Bill. He had to have some way to wrap it up. He had to come up with some positive spin at the end to make it so it didn't just seem like it was all pointless. But he said it himself, it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. Your point, documentary doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it just doesn't matter. That was, that was his big revelation. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We Oh, I love the wedding pictures of Bill just hanging out with the bride yeah. and the groom. Some of this, a lot of this did seem like a lot of fun. And it seems like Bill just likes to party. My really. personal favorite was the the party with the band and the cops showing up. Oh, yeah. That, was with the, that one in him meeting the guy at the bar. And yeah, and bartending. Those were my two favorite. Yeah, stories. and that led into that party yeah. story. And then, like he played the tambourine and the cops' faces, and then got the cops to hang out. Some of these reenactments, and there wasn't too many, had a dude in a fucking Bill Murray mask. And, so creepy. And it was a horror movie in all those scenes. And it, when, it, when it, the first, right at the beginning, when uh, like when he leans into the guy's ear. So there's a guy at a urinal. He's at a bar, and. Bill Murray comes up behind him and puts his hands over his eyes and leans and whispers into his ear and says, no one will ever believe you. That's your first glimpse of the mask. But all you see is the nose and the mouth. Yeah. And I didn't know it was a mask at first. I thought it was some weird like head they put on a stick or something. I was like, what the fuck are they using? I thought that they had got some actor with weird nostrils. <laughs> but no, someone. I mean, they were like latex peeling yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But it was a Bill Murray mask. And was it creepy? Yeah. And do I want that mask? <laughs> Get me a Bill. I'm going to maybe Google that, see if we can find it. No, nah, man. I want an Ernie Hudson mask. You, well, we could team up. We could get our respective yes. masks and take, go around town. Find an Annie Potts for Angela. You know, you know, if we just, if you got an Ernie Hudson mask and I got a Bill Murray mask and we went downtown, just went to the bars and acted like maybe how Bill Murray does, <laughs> that people would probably love us. Oh, yeah. I bet we could like own lower broadway that just the, that's the power of bill mary just all the, the mask itself sweep all these tourists off their feet man we're in nashville i like the part where um he reads poetry to construction workers that was fun that that scenario was a little more propped up like he was asked to do that yeah and and bill i guess yeah and it was kind of interesting the, i mean because wasn't it the whole deal was they were trying to get the construction crew to that was working on this new poetry wing or yeah, yeah. So, to whatever this building some, is to poetry. some poetry center yeah like to give them some insight as to what they were actually building so they would be more engaged with now bill murray's not the kind of guy that's like i'm just trying to hear for the little guy he's not saying that but i felt like the movie was kind of saying this sometimes like it was being like he's just here for the little guy these schlubs look at these construction worker idiot schlubs they probably don't know how to read <laughs> And Bill Murray's touching their lives. They've never even heard poetry before. I think, honestly, the magic of a Bill Murray moment is to not put a lot of the stuff on film. I agree. Just let it be yeah. like campfire tells floating around, you know? Just like that guy at the beginning in the reenactment sitting at the campfire. And much like the Taoist philosophy that he connects, maybe by the end of his movie, he can realize that this movie was truly a waste of time. <laughs> And then yeah, it didn't that, matter. But it doesn't matter. That whole, that that tangent they go down talking about, you know, the underlying messages in all of Bill Murray's films and the spirit, spiritual aspects. Yeah. 
I'm just like, okay, that's just you're that's you're pulling all that shit out of your ass. And that this, is all bullshit. And the spirituality of Second City improv. <laughs> and meatballs. Yeah. <laughs> Which they make some points. It seems like there are patterns to his movies and and everyone has a Bill Murray movie they love. It yeah. seems like he does have a broad reach into people's psyche. If you really want to apply some philosophy to this, then the conclusion he comes to to not force this thing is it's like well, even though you didn't get that Bill Murray experience some story that you claimed you wanted to find by meeting Bill Murray, you still kind of just threw this shit onto us. I mean, this would have been better if it was literally just one face after another telling their Bill Murray story. Yeah. And I thought, you know, the beginning uh, reenactments, I thought like were not that good, but certain shots where it just shows hands like washing dishes to represent a party, like those are done fine. And I think if he's stuck with that kind of the vague style uh, reenactments and just stick to the people just straight telling the story, like he didn't really need to be in this. I prefer, I, I've already said this once before, I'm not a fan of reenactments and documentaries. Mm-hmm. But if they're done in a way like they did at the beginning of the movie where it's, almost, I mean, obviously you have someone wearing a rubber Bill Murray mask. You're playing it more for you're the trying surrealness to be- and the, the, the humor of the reenactment. Or you're trying to ruin the image of Bill Murray by making children <laughs> scared of him by wearing that mask. Aren't children already scared of Bill Murray? They no. I think small children might be a little. No, it's uh, Bill Murray. Uh, Dan Aykroyd that they're scared of. Yeah, and that's you get fair. It. You that's get fair. It. Yeah. Oh, full disclosure on this show, we were watching this and like the hose to the back of my fridge just start <laughs> like sprung a leak. We've been having some water drainage problems. We didn't know where it was coming from. The ice maker hose. Things are broken where we can't turn knobs. But the mystery has been solved now. Yeah. You know, the source of the water. Well, we had a mid-movie crisis at a live viewing, and that's the first time that's happened. We did. It was like the alarm going off in a theater. You have to evacuate until everything's been taken care of, and they'll let you back in. So at one one point, I'm watching uh, a... an average movie about Bill Murray stories of the next I'm screaming at a broken like <laughs> nozzle because I, where was Bill Murray when this happened? This would have been a great Bill. Murray. He, I really could have used his Zen <laughs> in that moment, but I got it. It wasn't perfect. He probably would have shown up with a tool belt. He philosophizes also second city improv. And I think that improv definitely has an influence on Bill Murray's they life. Spent way too much time, but it was, but he was trying to like philosophize yeah. everything. Like this is what I'm talking about. It's not that I don't think there's a philosophy to all of this. Maybe you should just let some things just be what they are. Right. Without exp- trying to explain or out loud, understand. I know that's human nature, but I think we need to just learn to just kind of take in moments, and be in moments, you know, instead of like acting like it needs our descriptor. No, Except man, for has, documentaries, you need to. He's got to. He's got to give it a narrative. Narrative is super important, and he also has to insert himself into it as much as possible. That said, please enjoy our podcast where I force you to listen to our interpretations <laughs> of documentaries instead of just let it watching them. But we need a we we need a, a theme for a podcast. All right, <laughs> we're all contradictions, man. We're actually just going to stop doing documentaries, and we're just going to start doing. Uh, we're just going to breathe into the microphone. We're gonna- <laughs> <laughs> instead of documentaries we should just review biopic films yeah well that's come up well i give it's maybe an option for extra content next time we'll future. watch we'll watch ray yeah and then uh we'll watch walk the line that's not what this podcast is <laughs> these are great ideas the biopic and ears we see uh joel murray in this one and he does show up in the next movie because it shows it in the trailer Oh, he's in the second one too yeah he's well, gonna be in the next one 
I like the part where there. they're at. I guess where they do Second City in Chicago, and there's a shot of someone looking at a painted quote that Bill Murray said on a wall, and the part where he's meeting his first story, and the guy is like, "How's your trip going in Charleston so far?" Great, it's the first time we ever been here. It's really nice. Really? That's you and him small talk. That's not put it in a movie right, because no one, gives, no one cares. No one gives two is. fucks <laughs> what your thoughts on Charleston are or how your flight is. All right. That's like you and family small talk. That's poor editing. That's yeah, that is. <laughs> yeah, you're supposed to cut that out because no one gives a fuck how your flight was. Oh uh, well, you know, I mean, uh, we had a, a little bit of a delay, but uh, the flight in was pretty smooth. Um, I'm staying over at the uh, the Hyatt downtown Charleston. It's pretty nice. Yeah. Oh man, this is super interesting. Um, I was thinking of maybe checking out a barbecue place. If you have any suggestions for dinner later his own bill murray experience where he met him at the end at a river dogs game which bill murray co-owns the minor league team the river dogs in south carolina and um for some reason that name makes me hungry yeah i don't know why like for catfish just river dogs it just sounds like some delicious horribly I, fattening sounds greasy. like yeah it sounds like something you'd bread and fry yeah actually i'm getting kind of hungry yeah i guess river dogs right now we'll go ahead we'll go ahead and rate this one all right uh you're going to give this one through five hertz hogs. I'm going to give this one through five hertz hogs. And we will combine them like Bill Murray and some millennials dishes for best out of 10 hertz hogs. I'll go first. I think I described what I think would be better if this just focused in on these stories. I already stated it. He didn't need to be in his own movie. And I feel like the conclusion he came to also meant that his story doesn't matter. Like this could have been a series of YouTube clips of just straight interviews of people. I think he kind of squandered it a bit. And let's be honest, he just wants a Netflix documentary with uh, an actor that everyone loves that we can all watch. <laughs> and that might be the case for the next one, too, which somehow looks worse than this. I'm going to give this 2.5 Herzogs. And I go the technical average because I felt like he did accomplish that that the heartwarming feeling of what an experience with Bill Murray would be. And I was a little surprised that he actually pulled that off because you heard us. We were going... I was kind of cynical going in because my heart actually was warmed a little bit. This just like literally you put it all together. Half of this movie is good. And the other half is pretty much a waste of time. So That's 2.5. So I'm pretty much right in the same vein as you. It would once again, when he stuck with just the stories that people had to tell about their Bill Murray experiences, I was completely on board. Some of them were, kind of so, so they can't all be winners. I've yeah. never met Bill Murray. So any story is going to be better than anything. I can sure. Tell. Um, but again, when I, whatever his story was supposed to be, which didn't pan out to be much of anything, could really give two shits. I could yeah. care less. And, and you're right. He did himself a disservice by really even pursuing that that narrative. He could have very easily changed that and made a completely different movie when he if he got I don't know if why he felt like this conclusion was profound because it wasn't no. at all. It, we could see it coming a mile right, away yeah, because we so. know you're not actually going to get this personable yeah so why not why not just change the whole structure of the documentary and make it into something else if you already know by the time you get to that point that that's how it's gonna pan out he felt like he needed to be a part of it too much yeah it was i mean it was a vanity project more than anything else um but those people's stories that the that that those did feel like yeah yeah those were great stories, but again, but it's just the director's story doesn't matter. Yeah, and because he was the driving it force, doesn't, it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. <laughs> he was the driving force of this whole story, uh, and he just made some poor decisions as far as how he executed it. Yeah, 
because of that, I'm going to, I can't go right down the middle. I'm going to go with a two. Yeah. I understand um, completely. Yeah. Everything that he was doing on his end, just sort of overrode my feelings about everything else. You take your two Herzogs, you take my 2.5 Herzogs, which I feel like I was honestly being generous. I about. believe you were as well. And uh, that's, that's a, that's a mediocre 4.5 out of 10 Herzogs. And I'm going to go ahead and say, I'm sorry for this next film. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna watch because i feel like it's a, a doc as much as i didn't care that much for the, what we just watched i feel like i'd be shocked if anything was better than that based on this exact type yeah. of subject i mean at matter. least with this one you're seeing multiple people tell their stories and the joy that it brought to their yeah. lives this was just gonna be a train wreck this is gonna be like the reality show version of one of those people this is all <laughs> about someone who i'm sure we're gonna get their life story in some way and it's going to be, I mean, I think if you watch this trailer and notice that nothing happens ever, we haven't watched it yet. We're being judgmental as yeah. shit. We're going to go, can we go ahead. Can we go ahead and rate it now? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think you're going to give it? I think I'm probably going to give it a one. Wow. Yeah. I, I'm going to say I'm going to give it a five. I'm actually going to insert <laughs> the highest level of expectation onto it. But the Bill Murray stories, life lessons learned, learned from a mythical man. Is four point five out of ten Herzogs. So now, let's um, let's go into this, the Bill Murray experience by Sadie Cat. Who knows? We could be surprised. Uh, I hope so, man. <laughs> I need some of the. Jo- I need some Bill Murray joy. <laughs> Okay, Kill, uh, this July, you can do whatever movie you want to do. You can just pick whatever. And no matter, it can be like, I, I want to watch this 10-hour thing on Rainbow Bright. This 10 hours of about the history of Rainbow Bright. I will be like, sure thing, man. No problem. That was, that was uh, what was it? It clocked in an hour and 21 minutes. Yeah, hour 21. Which was a about an hour and five minutes too long yeah <laughs> this should have been like a short it really should have you know it would have actually been uh more been entertaining shorty. yeah it would have been a better shorty it would have been more entertaining i think sometimes now now that we've just been doing a lot of short documentaries i'm starting to realize that certain things can be short like yeah. it takes a good mind to be able to see that and like I've complimented some of short documentaries for knowing they could be short documentaries as opposed to some fucking hour ninety minute thing where you're aimless and you're not really doing much of anything through the majority of your film. Yeah, you have to be able to recognize how much meat you actually have. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it's important. I mean, I'm learning that with this uh, when I edit and stuff. It's like, oh, this is fat and I need to cut it. Oh, dude, everything we do is all fucking meat. <laughs> People have pounds of meat. <laughs> <laughs> it's a learning experience figuring out when to trim that that excess fat. Yeah. And I think she, Sadie Katz, felt compelled to make this like a feature film. Yeah. 
You had a 15 minute short film. No one, best. no one stopped her. There was no one there to police in any way. This, I'm curious as to how she even got the money. Was this a Kickstarter thing? I don't, I don't know. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me. I kind of had that. Or did she just blow all of her savings? This movie, it's like you remember how I was making fun of the the girl at the kickball game who was talking about the the homeless. It's my turn. Like I don't want this like random like homeless looking man to play. Yeah, it's like if that girl made a documentary. <laughs> <laughs> I think I realized that I have prejudices. You know, people are like, "Are you prejudiced against anything?" Like I'd say, I'd recommend this movie and be like, "Like this kind of person." <laughs> that sounds so mean. I could go in if hard. You if, you, if you don't like Becky's, is I, basically. Yeah. This, in rap songs, where they talk yeah. about Becky's. Can Miss Becky please raise her hand, bro? I need some of that good Becky right now, bro. I'm trying to figure out how to be earnest, but like, and funny without being too mean. Because let me say right up, this might be the worst documentary I've seen since we've started this yeah. show. Yeah, it's it's pretty god awful. And you know what happened? Remember, folks, when I we we had that uh, water crisis with the ice maker, and the, well, we had another one where the water was spraying out of the main valve. So I had to stop in the middle of this movie, <laughs> panicking because I thought my house was going to flood, and it ended up stopping. I know that story is about as interesting as this movie, <laughs> but I'm having a water crisis in my house while I'm watching one of the worst things I've ever seen. <laughs> This was insufferable. It was, I mean, five minutes in, I was like, oh, God, how long is this? And then when you went to, t- to deal with your water crisis, and we, I paused it, and I was like, holy shit, we're only 18 minutes in. It felt like we'd been watching it for 45 minutes at that point. She oh. was engaged. The wedding was off. The first note I have on here is three minutes in, tears and wine. He's doing something really magical. He's like this modern day... Santa Claus. I don't know what it was about that night, but it felt like my lightning moment where I wanted that so bad. That set the tone for the entire thing. Oh my gosh. <laughs> a lot of tears, a lot of wine. I think I need a glass of wine. Sadie's this, she's, she kind of looks like a, a um, a watch stare- yourself. <laughs> I know, right? Because I've got a lot of criticisms, but I got to. <laughs> I'm striking a balance in my head because I could go off. I could go off. But she does live up to this kind of standardized beauty image, right? That maybe you would find like the blonde L.A. girl. I don't think she lives in Los Angeles, but it's in that Hollywood orbit. She's been in some B movies. She says she's a writer. I'm actually a writer. I mean, she wrote this. Maybe if, I mean, I guess if you have a blog, that counts as being a writer now. But she's got these quirky antics. Spoiler alert, She the closest she gets is Bill Murray passes her on a golf cart. Oh, and he watches, she watches him on stage, but they don't have like a conversation at right. all. But she does talk to Joel Murray. I forgot Joel Murray was in that movie. Was it God Bless America? Yeah. I don't know if you've seen that. I've never seen it's it a Bobcat Goldthwait movie. I didn't. It's about people who are so pissed off at, at the vapid worship of celebrity that they go and like shoot people. Hmm. Interesting. And I, 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 uh, I know what the movie's trying to do. I really didn't think it was good. I think the poorly, best poorly executed. The best thing Bobcat Goldthwait's ever directed is the 
Call Me Lucky, the Barry Crimmins story, which we actually reviewed and cried at on this episode, one of the earliest documentaries episodes. So if you listen to that, I think that's a decent episode for an early one. But sorry about the sound quality. I really also despise vapid celebrity culture, but I kind of think like going around and shooting people is worse than that, you know? So it's kind of like it's the purge. I know it was a tempting satire, like it's meant to be a dark, edgy comedy, but it did not. I just feel like it didn't. It work. was no death to Smoochie. But I do remember Joel Murray from that. Now that I think about it, I, I kind of felt like Joel was fucking with Sam. I do. I mean, because I I also have a note. I took more notes on this one than the last one. <laughs> hate hates but, a paragraph. <laughs> love, love is a sentence. Hate is a paragraph. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Uh, I've got a note in here somewhere that says, uh, I think I can't find it, but it's Joel Murray needs four beers to talk to her. I had to drink so many beers to earn that interview. Because when she finally managed to track him down at a bar. At the comedy store. Yeah, at the comedy store. She basically, like when they start shooting, he's having a, a fresh beer placed in front of him. And I'm looking and there are, he's finishing off one. Yeah. And there's two other empty pint glasses in front of him yeah and i'm like okay this makes i understand what's happening now she offered to buy him a beer and it took four beers for him to actually agree to be on camera um she wasn't she was kind of rude to him she just went straight for what's it like being bill murray's brother yeah yeah (laughs) so what's it like to be the brother of bill murray (laughs) (laughs) yeah well the most basic question like the like, okay. I don't want to just ask him what's it like to be Bill Murray's brother. So what's it like to be the brother of Bill Murray? She says something along the lines of, "I can't tell you how exciting it is to be sitting next to the brother of a legend." Wow, it's the brother of a legend. <laughs> <laughs> You know Joel gets that a lot. Oh, so yeah. You can't blame him. It's like, someone wants to talk about my brother, they're going to have to feed me alcohol. He's right? totally fucking with her. You and can he, tell. Yeah, he, you could tell. And he told her nothing of value. No. He had some, like, story. <laughs> Which that, is like, it's, it's the like, lamest of all the stories I've heard. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, but you know, he's his brother. He co-owns, like, golf supply stores with him. <laughs> he's got way more interesting stories with his brother, of no course. doubt. But he's like, oh, yeah, I'll tell you this when he was, uh He was uh, like a bad Santa, and the kids fell through his lap. But Sadie wants a Bill Murray experience. She also tells some of the stories we hear. I think maybe we should call it a BM experience, because it makes it it's funnier <laughs> that way. Can we talk about that chalkboard? Yeah, please. <laughs> so she's got this chalkboard at the beginning of the movie when she starts planning her mission to to meet bill murray and some cute folk song is yeah it's a lot of cute folksy song it's like bad cutting room floor gilmore girls kind of stuff yeah and gilmore girls is from i love that show yeah yeah but <laughs> i'm not kidding i fucking no, no, love no, the yeah, gilmore girls. I, you know i'm all about it yeah dude um <laughs> rory's a sociopath though. she is i needed to mention the word sociopath in this episode and that was seemed like a good time or as angela put it she's a garbage person <laughs> it's my personal favorite she, <laughs> i think i used that term around a group of people and they got real quiet like, it's wow. a it's a pretty hard <laughs> garbage person 
But she's the, the garbage person we're talking about is like a fictional character right, on the show. They, but, so it's okay. Yeah, I think so. Rory's a garbage person. I've never referred to an actual person as a garbage person. Or just, no, being, just, ba- just being a shithead. Yeah, just being a shithead. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm guilty of that quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> Once every few days, like, oh, I'm such a fucking shithead. Why did I do that? But she's got this. She's got this chalkboard, which is like the size of a wall. It's a huge chalkboard. Yeah, and she starts making all these unnecessary notes about Bill Murray, his birthday, how old he is, his his sign. Here's the crazy thing: he's a Virgo, which seems really crazy and weird, but he's a Virgo Libra cusp, which makes sense because I'm a Libra. This is interesting. I think she says something like that. That's not, it's not interesting. interesting at all. It's actually no there's only 12 of those things so it's pretty good odds that you guys would be the same one (laughs) can i put a request out in the world if you're into like the astrological signs thing look i don't want to take that away from you talk to that shit with other people that are also into it yeah it's just like other people don't really care it's like you're talking about your dreams or your diet like what you eat no one cares yeah no one no one cares no one cares but you they're all humoring you but to people who are into that shit they are like oh wow really i'm a fucking Leo, man. So just find those people. Keep that it, said, keep, keep it within your tribe. That said, I'm an Aquarius. Let's see here. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? We had a little incident at work uh, where we were talking about that, and and I said I'm a Capricorn. Uh, which and means, someone spat in your no, face. I said I'm a Capricorn, which means I don't care about any of this shit. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the end of the conversation. I love. I hear people like will talk shit on people just from knowing their. Athlete. I know it's crazy. I, think, I gotta tell you, I think you've gone too far with it when you've reached when you're entire system of judgment is only on an astrological sign yeah like fuck him he's a scorpio I always hear that like i feel sorry for people who are born under the scorpio sign because people who aren't scorpios that are into that shit seem to really dislike you. scorpios and i feel like uh maybe cancers get it pretty bad yeah i always forget that's a sign yeah it's not just a debilitating then you disease. Can, then people can literally say you're a cancer. <laughs> you're a cancer on society. Look, as uh, astrology hurts people's feelings. My mom's a cancer. Don't say that about your mother. <laughs> she also points out because she's so honorable that she's not going to pursue its children. He has six kids. Yeah, you probably that may be taking it too far. Her friends, you can tell her, from the beginning, yeah. they're trying to be supportive, but they're also trying to set her. Uh, goals at a more realistic level. Everyone around her that she communicates in her very limited sphere of connections, she seems to pull out a lot of people here that can get her to talk to other people. Yeah, They all are telling her that this is like a harebrained bad idea. I don't know how they phrase that. Like maybe like you shouldn't bother Bill Murray. I don't know if they mean it like that. Or if anyone like put their hand on her shoulder and they're like, no, no, like this is a bad idea. Like this is completely boring and this isn't worth I don't think anyone all did of that. this. I, from what I could tell, it seemed like all of her friends were. Sadie, you say they you're were humoring her. I think they recognized that she was in maybe a rough place. I would say um, so, and so they were just sort of going along with it. They didn't. They weren't too enthused about it, but no one was shooting it down. I think they had the hope and the expectation that it would run its course. She said. I don't want this to be about me. <laughs> I didn't want it just to be about me and my quest to, you know, meet Bill Murray. Is I wanted it to be about friendship and encouraging your girlfriends to do the same thing. All right, Sadie. Uh, <laughs> I want this to be about friendship, and it's interesting she says that, which we'll get into in a little bit. 
but she's looking for Bill Murray's Hollywood star. He doesn't have one. There's so much she said that I just like it went in one ear and yeah. went out the other. That scene cracked me up because she all I was thinking was all you you probably could have gone on to what I would assume would be the Hollywood Walk of Fame website. Yeah. To find out who's actually got a star versus just going into Google and clicking on whatever the first link that pops up that's not that website. Like could have saved yourself a trip. I'm just saying. That's now, an easy thing to do. Now, when we were talking about the Bill Murray stories, and I was talking about like the difference between like the inspiration, the positivity, and like the way people live, like how some people just say it all the time more than they do it, and others kind of make like they they give themselves the burden of bringing positivity to people's lives, and how that's so weird, and people should just do it without talking about it if yeah. it truly was a part of them. She's exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> She has this concept about getting balloons, like a hundred balloons. She's obsessed with balloons. I don't yeah. understand. And I mean, she, literally, she buys hundreds of balloons over the course of this documentary. Yeah, at least three hundred balloons. Yeah. I would say she gets balloons on three different occasions. Yeah, her plan, which is barely a plan, is to find out where he is, go there, and have like a hundred balloons. And like, don't ever give something to someone that they have to hold. Yeah. It's the worst. If they want to hold something, like they'll just hold something. And if you do give them something to hold, make sure it's like small enough to fit easily in a pocket. Right. Like, All I could think was, what the fuck is he going to, if she ever meets him and yeah, what's he gonna, balloons, what's he going to do? Well, he's going to hand them out, which is what his brother Joel Murray right. does. And now, you, and now you have the responsibility, like Joel's whole vibe is fucked for a while. Yeah. Now he's got to give out. Yeah. Because nobody, nobody wants to just let go 100 balloons. It's kind of yeah, a big yeah. thing to do. So, yeah, so now you've given him a task he has to do Yeah, what, um, what was supposed to be a fun night. Now he's got a job. Bill Murray is out there representing, like, an easy, breezy, just bounce around kind of existence, which I, which is what's likable about him. Right. And she wants to impede, she's impeding that with, with various ways of attention. It seems like if she just chills, then she really could have probably talked to him yeah. for like a minute. Just hang out and bring it down. But if you're the girl in a unicorn wig <laughs> holding a hundred sparkly balloons. at that point. Two hundred. You're just a like a flashlight in the fucking face. Yeah. And that's, and I mean, the perfect example is then she first shows up at the first set with the hundred balloons. And I don't know what job title the lady came out. So I kind of stand up and there's this, this Cadillac, like this black car that's gonna leave with him. And I'm like, that's great. It's big enough where he could take some of the balloons. And then this chick, this little woman comes roaring around and goes, no, no, not gonna happen. Not gonna happen. No. Yeah. Not this, happening. This, this awful, not happening. <laughs> this awful woman. And the assistant director goes, you know, she doesn't have a camera. Can she at least meet him without the balloons? And she goes, not going to happen. Just let him go. Let him go. And this lady, probably a set manager doing her doing job. Doing her job. Exactly. Because that's what, that's she's, supposed what be, she's supposed to do. She's supposed to, to keep crazy-eyed yeah. people like gotta, you away from Got to get the balloon people away <laughs> yeah. from the set. There is a scene that I ended up liking. I At first, I rolled my eyes hard because this is like a... When these very homespun documentaries, we get this uh, footage of people talking on a f cell phone. 
It's becoming a pet peeve of mine. I'm starting to see it too much. Always enjoyable to watch. And it's very noticeable in these very low-budget documentaries when nothing seems to happen that much. But she talked to a man named Mark Jones. He's the director of Leprechaun, the movie, the first Leprechaun. The, The best one, hands down. Yeah, I thought the second one, the super bad one that everyone makes fun of, is the best one. Or maybe it's Leprechaun in the Hood. It's Leprechaun 2. Isn't there a Leprechaun in the Hood? I think there is. Snoop's in it. But Mark Jones directed the first one. Now, let me clarify. We don't actually see Mark Jones. We hear his voice on the phone. (laughs) And Mark seems to know her. And he seems actually fairly dismissive of her venture. Mark? Yeah? Hey, this is Sadie. Sadie, how are you? I'm good. Okay, you know how I'm doing that thing about Bill Murray? And you know how you said it's the worst idea you ever heard? Yeah. Okay, well, we realize that Skip Skip Brightonham is one of Bill Murray's agents. But from the first movie established immediately, he doesn't have managers or agents. Bill Murray seems appears to have a network of acquaintances and friends, and he gives seems to give certain information to other people to get a hold of him if absolutely needed. And it's kind of ingenious because he doesn't have to pay for a manager or an agent. And uh, he's got a pretty positive reputation based upon the fact that more often or not, he makes good movies. It's kind of ingenious that way. It kind of makes you see how he makes it work. Yeah. And she's talking to Mark Jones, who directed Leprechaun. And it's not even a guy that he knows. It's a guy who knows a guy guy that he knows. Yeah. (laughs) You're playing the Kevin Bacon game, essentially. Do you think you could get Glenn to get me in touch with Skip? Uh, I don't know. Am I supposed to try and do that? She's trying to get Mark to talk to some guy to talk to some guy. At the end of the phone call, none of this goes nowhere, by the way. Uh, <laughs> I love his responses when she asks him if he can do that, and he goes, Am I supposed to try and do that? Is that something I'm supposed to be trying to do? He's not even considering doing it. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> but then he goes, Well, do you have any Bill Murray stories? Give me Bill Murray. Give me Skip Brittenham and Bill Murray. Hey, do you want to go have a drink? Do any do you have any girlfriends that want to go have drinks? Like he's trying to hook up. I think this is that roundabout Hollywood thing. She actually blew up Mark Jones. He's not like a big personality right. or anything. Like it was fairly immediate too. It yeah. wasn't like the, the phone call didn't last that long. He just went, he doesn't have time to bullshit around. He just went straight for the payoff. Hey, hey, you got any girls, any friends that give me anything to drink? just want to know if anybody wants to go have a drink with me. So suddenly this very boring cell phone scene becomes like this bizarre, very brief look inside this Hollywood system that is just kind of fucking consuming itself. And when I kind of started seeing between the lines of that, like the culture that she's not even referencing, she thinks it's all about Bill Murray, but it's all about like, southern california desperation right and when i realized that i kind of started to feel sorry for her because i could imagine just how she talks about being in this industry you know she's obviously not a super famous person she self-credits herself a lot i'm actually a writer it's that personality and when she i mean when she talked about how She's got whatever that movie that she was in coming out. It's part of a series I've never heard of before. It's like a horror series. Yeah, it's it's beyond B. I think it's more like C oh, or D grade. Oh, wrong turn. Yeah, the wrong yeah. turn fan- franchise. She starts talking about how her fan mail. She somehow was kind of correlating this. Yeah, she's like, trying to run it parallel. Like this to- was supposed to be a part of her mission. Like people 
liking her means that she should go meet Bill Murray. Well, and she also said that it was, it's so weird that that is happening considering what I'm doing right now in my pursuit of a Bill Murray experience. It's, it's, it's kind of spooky. And I'm sitting there thinking, what? I don't understand what parallels you're drawing between these two things and why is it spooky that you're getting some fan mail? I, half the shit that came out of her mouth, I did not understand yeah. what point she was trying to make. It didn't mean anything. No. It just doesn't matter. Nothing meant anything. She thought she was spewing some real depth, but it was just, <laughs> this is what I was talking about in part one. Like, it's inspiration porn. And it's over the top, and and it's to the point where it's it's the opposite of that. She also talks to David Price, who's the director of Children of the Corn, to calm down, Akil. The best Children of the Corn. <laughs> and he was also the guy in Fast Times at Ridgemont High who... When you first uh, meet Spicoli, I say, yeah, that guy's been stoned since the third grade. And he's like an older man. I assume Mark Jones is like an older man as well, like a middle-aged man. And then I kind of realized something when she's doing the chalkboard thing. Her like she talked about how old Bill Murray is. What about the brothers? Should we go through them? They're like sixty. Like hi. And one of her friends' jokes is like, "That's your type, isn't it?" And then she gets really quiet. Like she doesn't even. She kind of like a comeback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It seems like she's at least in the horror fandom world, which can be, which is very tight knit, but can be fairly feverish, but yeah. very much insular. Like, imagine, like, comic book conventions right. in the 70s kind of insular. When she hits on that cop. Give nice blue eyes. Yeah. That's when it's like, it all yeah. becomes crystal clear. And you start to realize, like, this is, I mean, she's blatantly hitting on this 60-plus-year-old cop. She, you have beautiful eyes. and She's saying that to try to keep the cop from impeding her. It, it seemed weird. It seemed like she would turn something on where, like, like the flirt talk yeah. would suddenly come on in certain situations. Or she could be legitimately attracted to older men well, I think and it, has relationships with older men that we or see. Or it could be a combination of both. I think it's more of a combination of both. The system as a whole is all kinds of fucked up. and The system is like, well, it's been around since the beginning of Hollywood. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's how Hollywood was created. I think, <laughs> are we making this movie interesting as it's kind of showing, <laughs> it's not realizing that it's showing a little layer of grime? I just want to know if anybody wants to go have a drink with but like it managed to it, i mean a clock a broken clock is right, right. two times a day yeah. so it's possible however unintentional it may be people may like lean into those stereotypes and not even like consciously understand that they're doing it you know yeah they're just trying to survive in this system and for a lot of people it's like yo maybe you need to walk away and other people it probably works out fine i don't know how it's working for sadie but honestly i just kind of felt sorry for yeah. her in parts of this movie and she did strike me as someone who could easily be used by the Hollywood system. That said, let's talk about how her movie sucks again. Yeah, let's get back to that because it was really awful. Uh, she She's going to get an RV trip and she gets some, some of her friends that we see at the beginning to go. But like she keeps setting up these adventures that go nowhere. And she also get she, she checks herself into a hospital for exhaustion. Yeah, she checks herself into UCLA. That seems like... I don't know. What does that mean? What does that mean? Exhaustion. I'm not sure. It always seemed like a, a polite way to describe when you're someone is. Angela just lays angry. down and goes to sleep. <laughs> That's how she deals with it. She's exhausted. She works her ass off. It She's just, exhausted. It, it, it all just feels time. like an old timey way to describe if someone's having some mental health issues. She does get a shot of some deer on film. That was probably the prettiest part. <laughs> 
Man, it's just so much nothing in this movie. But she's talking about, well, she's going to wear something, some of the most uninteresting shit ever. And then she's like, I haven't showered because we didn't have time for us to take a shower. So now I'm going to look like a homeless person. Look, there's a certain type of white woman that does not like homeless people. Now I'm going to look like a homeless person. Oh my God, homeless. That's the worst thing to be to them is homeless. (laughs) There were parts in this documentary where I just kind of zoned out for a couple of minutes um i didn't really feel like i was missing anything <laughs> i just snapped back in like oh she's sitting there again holding a glass of wine on the verge of tears i think i need a glass of wine she seemed to constantly be on the verge of tears throughout this entire thing the scene where they're just in the van just driving to pebble beach it's like why am i having to sit through this is why does this matter it just doesn't matter yeah they're just driving on the interstate to pebble beach there's nothing of any yeah. relevance or importance happening there's a lot of her sitting on her couch talking and a lot of her sitting in a hotel room talking and asking people if they've met bill murray i wanted someone to just like throw a cup of pee on her like she just <laughs> like she just asked now you have crossed the line <laughs> like she just she just finally picks the wrong kind of person it's like yeah I got your quick change right here. <laughs> Why would someone just have a random cup of pee? You know. <laughs> For she, the record, she did not look like a homeless person, whatever that means. Um, she no. just looked like someone who maybe had just woken up. Yeah. That was pretty much it. She looked like uh, your typical L.A. blonde white woman. Yeah. Who just has a chance. Oh, my God. Well, she says something fairly what's the word i'm looking for oh i vaguely remember this This, kind of not profound she somehow broke the bullshit mold yeah for just just a second and states maybe he's just fucking around (laughs) i I mean seriously maybe he's just fucking around doesn't mean anything you know but we endow it with like some huge meaning because he's a celebrity right i watched you like snatch your notepad and furiously right <laughs> well if she says something smart I'll no give her i totally credit get it. it yeah i mean yeah do what you can and that should stop her be like no turn the cameras off it's a glimmer of like <laughs> she's she's seeing she's becoming self-aware for just a wow. few seconds and then wow. it's like all of a sudden it felt like a, a lesson in buddhism or something and it just <laughs> reverts back to the to the bullshit <laughs> she also has tinnitus too it is tinnitus and it's never going to go away and Bill Murray fever. And I'm under the Bill Murray fever like you've never seen before. Don't we all? <laughs> now, at this point, like, her friends have all bailed on her. She doesn't expound upon this. Yo, to me, this has been the most interesting thing. What are what are your friends exactly pissed off at you about? Well, like I said, you may, you must have zoned out during this I don't, this yeah, I do. So after the Pebble Beach trip, was the, which is the first trip, the only trip she makes with her friends, um, and that's a fail. And, and like I mentioned before, I kind of got the sense that they were really just sort of humoring her, thinking that this was going to run its course. They go on a trip. They won't be, meet Bill Murray, but they'll still have fun. They'll come home and everything will go back to normal. That did not happen. And so then the next time you see her after the trip, she's talking about how her friends, she got into a huge fight with her friends the night before, and they're, they don't understand and they don't. Yeah. And so they're there. They don't want to have anything to do with her anymore. We're only getting her very limited right. side yeah. of the yeah. conversation. I'm sure that the, I don't need to know because I, I'm watching all this <laughs> unfold. I know exactly why. Sadie, this is stupid. Stop <laughs> it. Could you get some more uh, rose, please? Sadie, this is dumb. Okay. Like, 
it's your little movie. I'm sorry to be the one to say it. Well, um, her friends actually seemed fairly decent. I mean, it's like right at the beginning when they show up and they look at her research. I'm putting up air quotes right now um, on her huge chalkboard full of useless information if she's really serious about trying to track down Bill Murray. Mm. It's like I said, it's shit like his age, his height, how many kids he has. And her friend points out that like none of this matters. It just doesn't matter. You have a bunch of useless information up here. Why don't we try to actually put some relevant information? It doesn't matter. It It just doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It It just doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It all comes back to. It doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. And then she mentions later, she makes a couple of references after her friends have flown the coop. At one point she says she feels like she's rolling downhill and there's no one there to stop her. It's like I'm rolling downhill like this and I just keep yeah, rolling. Like no one's stopping me, you That's bitches. Right Everyone's like, yeah. So she recognizes that she's moving forward into this like not healthy place. Yeah. But she, for whatever reason, is unable to stop it on her own. She needs to have input from other people. But she has to turn it into inspiration porn. Right. So she bends it to make it a part of her journey Yeah, to go see Bill Murray. And it's not just for her anymore, Bobby. Yeah. It's for all the Bill Murray fans out there that want a Bill Murray experience. I mean, sometimes you're rolling downhill because you got on the ground and made yourself roll. <laughs> you know? Sometimes people didn't push you. If you're lucky, maybe you'll come across a rock that'll whack you in the head and stop that roll. (laughs) (laughs) And then you'll lose your memory. (laughs) Also, at the beginning of the movie, she talks about how it seemed like everywhere I looked, there was Bill Murray. The the internet knows what you're into and will literally like cycle this shit back into you. But she kind of made it like it was like... Like it was fate. Like it was the the universe speaking to her. It's so weird how huge Bill Murray fan is seeing like all these things about Bill Murray. Whoa, what a fucking trip. I know, man. It's like when I'm on Amazon and I'm like looking up sneakers and then I go on Facebook and there's an ad from Amazon with the sneakers I was just looking at. What the fuck? It's insane. You're having an Amazon sneakers experience. The universe reaching out. I don't know why I said sneakers. I'm not a sneaker person at all. So she interviews these people. For the record. I just want to put that out there. I am not. I am anti-sneaker. You really want to divide our audience like that? (laughs) This is going kind of long because I think we're having fun shitting on this. (laughs) We'll just let it fly. This is the best mood I've been in all day, to be honest with you. So she lives vicariously through the ice cream guys story. And it's interesting to know that the story we heard in one movie that this uh, Sadie was like blocks away yeah. when that happened. Like you, this overlap. That was movies. spooky. That was legitimately spooky. Oh, yeah. To know that she was there somewhere in the background of that story holding a hundred balloons. If she had just let the fucking balloons go, she may have actually yeah. had a chance at meeting them. Yeah, she wouldn't have had to keep up with these balloons. Could have easily just rounded a corner and go get some ice cream. Yeah. And, oh my God. Yeah. She has a friend named Dallas. I think Dallas likes her and takes her to a Bill Murray party. And there's like Bill Murray artwork and lots of people wearing hats that I hate. <laughs> And then she declares, this is what I, with inspiration porn now. It was really cool. And that kind of injected me with like, yes, I'm going for Bill Murray and I'm not alone in this because I'm doing it for every single person who wants a Bill Murray experience. It's not just for me. It's for everybody else who wants to know what that would feel like. It's not about her to kill. She's a vessel for the world. (laughs) I mean, she didn't ask the world if if they wanted this, but she's a vessel 
for all of those she's hopes taking and one dreams. for the team man somebody yeah. has to do it she stepped up to the mantle i i mean i respect her wow the weight that she's carrying oh that's unreal i couldn't do it on prime this is rated 4.7 out of 10 we're not going there. No, high. we certainly are not. That is like a... <laughs> That's really generous. Oh, yeah. Real generous. She hears he's going to be at Pebble Beach for a celebrity golf thing. So she, this is when she dons the unicorn wig. She's kind of outside of the venue in the parking lot. And she's just drunk at this point And like high-fiving people in golf carts. And Bill Murray passes her in a golf cart. And buddy, but they just keep going. She finally has her moment. Yeah, that is the moment. Yeah, that's the closest she gets to him. He does acknowledge her existence. He looks at her and yells something back to her and smiles. That's pretty much it. It was a religious experience, obviously, for her and for Bill. Then she's at a party. Well, Bill Murray, he's not mingling, but he shows up on stage and sings some songs that I guess she couldn't get the rights to the songs that he was singing because she played a different song. I think she played a Red Hot Chili Peppers song at some point. But other than that, I just kind of assumed like, oh, is this you with the guitar or you or a yeah, friend there was like some, I think she blew her entire licensing budget on that clip from the Red Hot Chili Peppers and that clip from Splash. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you can play songs for a little while. I don't like, I kind of got a little elbow room and podcast, you know, which, you know, I just... You know, I'm just assuming I won't get any cease and desist at yeah, all. Yeah. Cross that bridge when you come to it. I man. feel like I'm within that legal gray area, but uh, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> but remember when I predicted that the ending to this was going to be the same as the ending to the first one? Yeah. The Bill Murray experience, as much as I wanted it to, I couldn't force that to happen. And I had spent over a year of my life running around trying to force that to happen. But, you know, no one else, when they told me their stories, had said that they went up to Bill Murray first. Essentially, yeah. Yeah. She comes to the realization that she can't force the BM experience. You can't force a BM. No, you can't. A BM. Just has to go down naturally. Yeah, let it run its course. I wasn't going to get my individual, you know, magical experience by forcing it to happen. And that's okay. BMs move at the rate that they want to move. Yeah. And you just, you're along for the ride. Yep. Sometimes there's blood in them. <laughs> and she... She lost her friends, but she gained insight. I guess. Sure, we can call it that. <laughs> yeah, we'll go with it. Uh, sure, yeah. <laughs> she basically learned uh, what her friends told her in the first five minutes of the documentary. It just doesn't matter. I don't think she learned it was a bad idea. Well, as far that's as that's the pro, we wouldn't someone, be watching this if she learned. Someone specifically that. mentions how people don't go to Bill Murray. Bill yeah. Murray comes to them, right? That it's random, and they they make a joke about how to create this random experience by proactively tracking him down by hundreds of balloons, right? Unicorn yeah. wigs. So you know, it was it was discussed 
a year beforehand. Yeah. Um. So it's not like she didn't know, but apparently that ear problem she's got, it took about a year for that message to actually sink in. She has tinnitus. She has tinnitus. It is tinnitus. Oh, God. In Manhattan Beach, California, writer Sadie Katz was at a crossroads in her life and needed a little distraction. After staying up late on the computer and reading stories about others having magical chance encounters with her favorite actor, she decided she too needed to meet her favorite actor and life guru, Bill Murray. That's the Bill Murray experience by Sadie Katz. I'm sorry. Should be. She chased the actor around with a hundred balloons and she lost a few friends in the process. Maybe a little of her hearing, but she never lost her heart. Or like I said, July, anything you want. Anything you want. The journey was just as important as the destination. And of course, that truly was her very own Bill Murray experience. I'm going to hold you to it. Oh boy. <laughs> Akil. Robert. I'm going to give this one through five hertz songs. You're going to give this one through five hertz songs. And then we're going to combine them for best out of 10 hertz songs. I'm going to give her a quarter of a hertz song for that conversation with the guy who directed Leprechaun. That kind of gave us some like weird insights into this weird celebrity circle jerk, the subterranean areas of the Hollywood circle jerk. Just want to know if anybody wants to go have a drink with me. Just shamelessly trying to just hook up with whoever Doesn't of matter. her friends. Yeah, he doesn't care. And then I'll give her another quarter of a Herzog for realizing that this whole thing for a moment was just a bunch of bullshit and it's, and people are just propping it up more because he's a celebrity. I'll give her a half a Herzog for that. That brings it to a total <laughs> of a half of a Herzog out of five Herzogs. Well, let me, I'm going to, I'm going to make up some of that loss on my end. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help her out. Um, I'm going to give her uh, a 0.5 only because this is one time where I can say I feel okay about watching a train wreck because there's, there's always, there's a part of all of us that enjoys watching train wrecks. Otherwise reality television sure. wouldn't exist. We got some pleasure. Out yeah. Of it. Yeah. But not while we were watching more after talking about it after. Well, there was a little, making jokes. I, while yeah. We were yeah. Watching. Yeah. Uh, but I, I could, for the first time I can say I can enjoy it guilt free. Because she filmed this documentary. This was not her being exploited by someone else. Yep. This was all on her. Yep. Uh, so I have no shame in reveling uh, in her downward spiral uh, <laughs> on this ridiculous and utterly wasteful crusade to meet Bill Murray. Um, and if Bill Murray ever watches this, I, I can only imagine what his response would be. I don't think anyone wants to watch something like this about that has their name on it. I think Bill Murray would turn it off. Yeah. Unlike our, our foolish son. Right, yeah. <laughs> he's too busy living life. Yeah, he's a little uh, busy to be for... bothered with this bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> the actual Bill Murray experience would not uh, watch this movie. No, no. That's my take. So you give half. it a half a Herzog yep. as well. Yeah. You combine those, that's one Herzog out of ten for the Bill Murray experience. I don't even think you've had uh, a shorty with that low. No, I think this is the lowest scored movie for sure. I think even like the worst, I think the worst one might be like two out of 10. Yeah. I'm pretty sure this is the worst one. Congratulations. What's your name? Sadie Cass. <laughs> it's like you said, you put it out there, man. Yeah. 
the first movie we watched wasn't that good, but it was at least, like at least it had some actual heart. I mean, we're budding, we're we're pushing these together. Yeah, she was desperately trying to force the heart. Yeah. And Tommy Avalone, Avalone, at least for a little bit of his movie, managed to have a very sense something very sincere there. And at least was able to recognize other people's experience outside of what yeah. he was trying to make happen for himself. And did he Hers really, is completely all about her. And he did kind of mess up half of his movie, but yeah. that's why we gave it a half. Of, right. Uh, but she was just like, it's like an Instagram post telling you to smile and be happy. Like, <laughs> this is what I'm talking about. Like, I'm just trying to do this for all the people who can't do this. It's like, no one's fucking asking you to do it. <laughs> and your friends are probably telling you this. I'm sure no one's thanking you for it either. No one needs to thank you for anything. All right? Yeah. If you're having to check yourself into UCLA for... Exhaustion. Exhaustion. <laughs> that means you need to lay down. Like, I'm not a health expert. Take a break. But that seems like something only a spoiled white woman would do. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should watch an actual Bill Murray movie to kind of, yeah. Go, maybe. we'll go to our respected air homes and watch our favorite Bill Murray movie, and that's that's a real experience because Bill, in his art, right, gives us something, yeah. and that's all we need. That's all I need from Bill. If we ever meet Bill Murray in it's real life, on the cake, but I'm not yeah it out. We'd love it, but man, we get it. You don't want to force that. Yeah, we just know that without having to make movies <laughs> explaining that to people because. It just seems like something that would be common sense. Both of these movies, not good. One really not good. Wow. Which, you know, something to be proud of. That's the I way the... to be the lowest rated. If you care about our ratings here on Documenteers, yeah. you should be proud. Sadie? Yeah. You got Sadie. the lowest yeah. ranking ever. Like a Razzies. Yeah. So good on you. Good on you, Becky. I've gotten more entertainment out of watching some maniac on a YouTube video try to explain to me why the earth is flat. <laughs> I've gotten more entertainment out of that. <laughs> or like some random list where it's like, uh, Wolverine's the strongest X-Men because he can't <laughs> die. And it's like the bad mic jobs and stuff. I've gotten more entertainment out of things like that. So I'm just wondering, will you think Sadie Katz will ever hear this? Maybe. I kind of hope not, because she seems like the kind of person where she could potentially knock on your door. With a lot of balloons. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe in the intro I'll say, Sadie, if you're listening to this, don't. <laughs> just just go find your place in life. You don't need to hear this episode. I'm sure. I'm, I would hope at this point, because you said this came out in, what, 15? 2017. So I'm, I'm hoping two years after. Yeah. She has moved on and there's no way we've better. we've given her the worst criticism. No. There's no way. Imagine. Sadie, if you are listening, keep working on your craft. Yeah. You gotta keep working it out. That's where you're gonna get your most satisfaction from. Be your own worst critic. Yeah. And know when to trim that fat. Be your own hero. Be your own hero. That's that's it, man. Pizza Rat the in the New York subway, you remember that viral video? But Pizza Rat. Have you seen Pizza oh, Rat? I'm very familiar with Pizza Whoever Rat. Whoever dropped that pizza for the Pizza Rat is a hero and pizza rat is a hero i love pizza rat like, i know it was, i know this is something from four years ago but i want to i just want to remind people that pizza rat is out there and we all need to be pizza rat pizza rat's probably dead but i'm sure pizza rat has propagated and created hundreds of offspring so am i, I think, am i, think I, I doing one. inspiration porn telling everyone to be pizza rat be pizza rat you know what folks <laughs> 
fuck it. Life's garbage. Be your own hero, damn it. Be your be your own trash. Am I right? Garbage person. This is going way too long. <laughs> All right, folks. Uh, obviously, in this versus battle, Bill Murray stories beats the Bill Murray experience by quite a bit. Yes. And we would, but we would probably recommend neither. Yeah. Like you could probably just watch YouTube videos of people talking about their own experiences. That'd probably be better. Maybe I would suggest that. Yeah, you get all you get the meat, none of the fat. Bill Murray stories four point five. Bill Murray experience one. Ouch! Wow. And that's it. Go have your BM experiences and keep on docking. Now, I'm an Aquarius, and I'm pretty sure... What's your sign? Capricorn. Oh, my God. A goat could drown in water. There's a goat on your wall right there. Holy fucking this shit. shit. is just all coming together now. I'm seeing patterns that were I didn't see before. Listeners can't see it. My brain just blew out the back of my I head. I think my, my, rank, my rating on this documentary just skyrocketed. And, yeah, I do have a calendar right here in the studio of... That's all about goats and trees. What are the chances? Pretty common, as it turns out. <laughs> Goats love climbing. It's just a waste of time We're